At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. Welcome back, guys. Another podcast for you. Great one. We're going to talk about something that a lot of people probably haven't seen or heard of. But it's always good to get information um, from different parts of the world, from people that work on different things that you've never seen or touched. So we're going to talk to Rob Capello about freeze dryers and how they work, what they're for. Okay. And these things utilize a vacuum setup that's going to make everybody jealous. Trust me. Because that's how we freeze dry. And you'll learn that during the podcast is we need to freeze and pull a vacuum at the same time to remove moisture. And um, we're going to get into that conversation with Rob shortly. But today I tried out one of the cooler apps that I've, I've seen and used. It's the Danfoss Magnetic Tool app. And, and I did mention that I was going to be bringing forward some Danfoss apps and some Danfoss education over the next little while and this app basically you download it right um, and it's got this little circle in the middle and it rotates when it picks up a magnetic field so I made a video putting it against a solenoid valve all right so the circle was was stationary didn't move as soon as the solenoid co coil was energized and there's a magnetic field around it that circle started to rotate showing that there's a magnetic field there so you can also use it for pumps if you can't see you can't see inside of a pump to see which way it's rotating you can put it on the end of the pump and it'll show you which way it's spinning very very cool and i actually tried it on a contactor I'll be like, hmm, contactors have magnetic fields let's have this contactor pull in right and put it up against it and see yep and and that'd be a cool way to troubleshoot let's say um you're getting power to that contactor it's not pulling in and you put it up and there's a magnetic field there but it's still not pulling in you know there's a problem with that contactor right if it's not pulling in and the magnetic field is there the other thing that somebody asked me like how do you know or how do you figure out if it's weakening the magnetic field is weakening on a specific coil well i don't think that you would know that just going up to a machine right off the bat maybe you would but this is what i'm thinking you go in with low sensitivity because you can change the sensitivity on it you go with low sensitivity you pick up the magnetic field cool you kind of note it make a mental note if you if you're good at remembering stuff and then maybe you go back to do some pms and then you check it again at that same sensitivity and if you're not picking it up um, the way you should and you have to increase that sen sensitivity um, you can pick up on the weakening of of the magnetic field which shows you that potentially that part is failing so anyway guys check it out it's the danfoss magnetic tool app let's get into the podcast this is the hvac know it all podcast i'm your host gary mccready Well, you guys that listen to the podcast on a regular basis know that a few weeks ago, I called um, I called it the kit. True Tech Tools is selling a kit that is completely badass for evacuations, especially on smaller systems. Now, it includes the NAVAC NP2DLM cordless vacuum pump, like the battery-powered pump, Okay, the 2CFM. Okay, the true blue hose kit with the two hoses and all the fittings and the blue vac pro vacuum gauge pretty cool uh kit and it's on sale at true tech tools for 1249.95 you're saving 
according to the website, you're saving 260 bucks and 59 cents, 17%. But you can save another 8% with promo code KNOWITALL, K-N-O-W-I-T-A-L-L. Save 8% at checkout with that promo code on, air quotes, the kit. Testo stuff, you guys know that I put the link in the podcast summary. So you guys can head over, click that link, fill out the uh, the form. There's a couple questions. And then you go into your TrueTech Tools account and you see the preferred pricing for Testo products. So I get asked a lot, what leak detector do I use for refrigerant online quite often? And so I'm like, you know what? I got three questions in, in like a week. So I'm like, let's make a little video of just showing it. This is the leak detector I use. 316-3 by Testo. It's fabulous. Found all kinds of leaks. People say, is it good for 410A? Well, yes, it is. Because I've gotten many reports that people that work on solely 410A are finding all kinds of leaks with it. I've used it for 410A and been successful as well. I pulled the sensor off the leak detector to show you guys. It's very, very small. It's a heated diode and you have to replace it every 100 hours. Um, 100 hours could be two years for attack. It could be six months depending on the amount of usage you're getting out of it. Now it's about 65 bucks US, not a lot of money um, to keep your tool up to date working properly and if you use if you use 100 hours in six months that means you're finding a lot of leaks and fixing a lot of units that means you're getting you're getting paid right so i mean it's well worth the investment to keep your tool well intact now my buddy donald e baker donald um i talked to on linkedin um now and then and he he made his first YouTube video or what I believe is his first YouTube video. And it was, it was an awesome video, man. He was well explained in the video and what the tool he was using was the yellow jacket gas retention valve. Basically you screw it down onto a system onto like a quarter inch fitting. It's got a T on it that you can put your hose or your smart probe onto. And it's got a valve at the end that you screw in that pushes down on the Schrader. And when you're done, when you, you want to remove um, your smart probe or your hose, you back the valve off and it closes up that Schrader. Pretty cool tool. Um, Yellow Jacket makes one. And I'm on the site right now, yellowjacket.com forward slash products forward slash gas retention valve. Pretty awesome. So check that out. Um... Ice machine cleaners. Refrigeration Technologies makes one. It's called Viper Nickel Safe Ice Machine Cleaner. Now, you want to see in action? We're all, or I shouldn't say we're all, but a lot of us are visual learners. So if you want to see in action, they have a video on their website. It's refrigetech.com forward slash Viper Nickel Safe. Okay, and there's a YouTube video and a bunch of information on the product. And we all know that um, the products coming out of refrigeration technologies are all quality. They're all badass. And I made a joke uh, last week pretending to put it on my hot dog because, you know, we put that shit on everything, right? I don't recommend eating it, (laughs) but um, that was just a joke. Anyway, just for shits and giggles on Instagram and Facebook. Um, The other thing I wanted to tell you is that there was another, another successful test run done with AC Smart Seal External. Not by me, by another tech. Okay, he used it on a condensing unit, on a joint, and um, it worked. Now, the thing is, everybody gets their panties in a knot every time they see it. Oh, that repair looks like shit. Well, guess what, guys? It's not to take the place of brazing. You're not going to put it on every every um, every fitting on an install or every fitting that you can get to with a torch. It's It's something to have on your truck that works if you need it like for me i use it on that rub out on the cap line if you guys have if you guys follow me on social you would have seen it the rub out on the cap line on a water reg valve all right the part wasn't available but i had to fix it and i didn't want to spark a torch in a server room 
And who wants to put a torch to a cap line? Not, I don't. I mean, so I used it on there and uh, it worked fabulous. It really, really did. So just keep it in mind and go to coolairproducts.net if you want to see more about their products. Um, so going paperless these days in any aspect of life, even when you get your bills from, from uh, whoever you get your bills from, if they have a paperless option, I recommend taking it unless you need to paper copies of your bills for businesses or whatever, right? Um, but you can always print those off if, if you need to. But there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can go paperless with that is going to make your life a lot easier and less stressful. And dispatching, invoicing, estimating, all of that, um, going paperless with that stuff, click of a button, it's to the customer from the driveway, wherever you are, you can run your business um, paperlessly with house call pro okay there's a lot of companies moving towards this system these platforms and house call pro is an option and from what i hear from other techs online it's a very good one because it, it works well now we don't want to have bugs and hiccups when we go to this stuff so you want to go to one that's been up and running for a while and the feedback coming from other techs is good is is good with house call pro. So it's just something that's out there for you guys to check out. And I'm doing my job and helping them, um, spread word and create brand awareness. And if you guys want a, a free trial and save on your first month, you can do so by going to housecallpro.com forward slash HVAC know it all. Hey Rob, how's it going, man? Good. How are you today, Gary? I'm uh, I'm doing good. I'm uh, allergy season's almost done, so I'll be better once it's I over because the pollen is just absolutely murdering me. Uh, oh, it's murder down here too. It really is. It's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah, I, like my, I, I'll be honest with you. Ever since about uh, mid-May, I felt so tired. It's unbelievable. My mm -hmm. eyes are just—they have bags yep. on them under them. Every it looks like. I'm waking up with a hangover every day. That's how yep. bad it is. <laughs> Mine are on fire on a daily basis. It's, crazy. <laughs> it's just nuts. Do you take anything for it? Um, I use uh, Allegra and Singulera. Okay, cool. I just I just use Reactin and some yeah. some some allergy Visine, and it seems to take the mm -hmm. edge off, but it doesn't it doesn't That's, kill it. Yeah, no, it's brutal this year. It's horrible. Yeah, I don't know, man. Any That's why any. I work mostly indoors now. <laughs> well, that that that's good. Like I I still. <laughs> I still do in and out and I've been changing less filters lately because I've been trying to incorporate apprentices because we're right. we we've been slowing down a little bit just because of the weather and I'm like okay mm -hmm. if they got nothing to do they can go change my filters and I'll go behind them and I'll check all the mechanical stuff and there that, you go. that that's that's helped a little bit but I mean it, it's still uh, <laughs> it, it's still brutal changing those filters so any anyway. oh yeah oh yeah Anyway, I wanted to get you onto the podcast because it's funny. Somebody messaged me over Instagram and they're like, hey, do you know anything about freeze dryers? And I'm like, not really, uh, but I, th I know somebody that does. And then uh, as soon as he said that, your name came right in my head because I know we've, uh, had, we've had conversations in the past, um, yeah, not, not, not in depth conversations, just, just yeah, like no. online texting back and forth about, sure. about them. And, and I thought that, that you'd be a great guest to have onto the podcast because i know you've also um you you went and, and uh did some stuff with rick resigno in his classroom too did you not uh yeah i did a couple of speaking engagements down there you know just to try to talk to the guys about different types of um, refrigeration you know whether it's high temp low temp ultra low temp like what we do you know stuff like that down at lincoln tech just showing them that there's different options that are out there for guys coming out of school that they could try for if they wanted to yeah like, yeah you know what i mean just a myriad of 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 the types of refrigeration that's, that's out there. So how did you enjoy that experience and being in front of a classroom full of students? Um, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not much of a people person, I guess. Cause I've always, you know, I've worked alone for 25 years, you know, just being out in the field and whatever, but, uh, it wasn't bad. You know what I mean? At least, you know, the guys were asking questions, you know, they seemed involved, which was good. You know, that kind of, you know, they, they were actually interested, I guess, if you want to think of it that way. That, that's cool. Yeah. I, I've always yeah, thought so, about, I've always thought about doing the teaching thing sometime down the road, but I, I, I don't know if, um, 
if it's something that I will get into or not. But it's 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 always been an option, something I've thought about. Yeah, Rick 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 is something else. Let me tell you, he's he's pretty good. Yeah, no, he's been on the podcast two times, and uh, oh, okay. yeah, the, the last time he uh, he was stellar, going on about saturation and and uh, boiling points and pressures, and and it was a really good uh, conversation. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, he's good like that. Yeah, because we donated a bunch. Uh, what are we donating? Three. I think we gave him three Dunham bushes for teardowns and stuff in the classroom. Cool. And we we gave him uh, a couple of receivers, you know, stuff like that for them to play with. Awesome. Because we, we we had gotten rid of one of our alkalizers, and and I'm like, I'm not just going to throw this stuff away. I was like, let me let me just throw something out there. Sure enough, bang. And then they, hey, they use it. That's all that matters. Well, that that's cool that you guys instead of throwing it out and giving it to the scrap guy, yeah, um, actually, you I recycled a, I it. Yeah, I have a minus 80 that they're picking up tomorrow. It's a chest freezer that they can use to play around with. It's a oh, that's, cascade. that'd be cool. So that's for them, you know, just I guess to mess around with or whatever. Cool. We, it's kind of good for diagnosis. It's kind of easy to work on. You know what I mean? Everything's like right there on the top. So, you know, they can fiddle with it and whatever. So Cool, cool. So actually, if if we have time later, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about those um, those those uh, small cascade freezers because I do a lot of PMs on them. Um, uh-huh. But that's that's the extent of it. We just kind of check the, uh, we can't check the pressures because it's all it's all kind of yeah, contained. You know, some, and... some of them are sealed, um, but some of the ones that we have, you can actually get gauges and stuff on. Mm-hmm. But typically, you know, if you we'll talk about it later if you want. But you know, you, you wind up just pulling a whole charge because there's usually three or four different refrigerants mixed oh, together. Oh yeah, and and there's and there's <laughs> mere mere grams of of uh, refrigerant, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Cool. So. Um, maybe we should get into your background, like like we usually do with sure. new new guests on the podcast. We just kind of talk Absolutely. about your background, how you got into the trade, and, and kind of what you're yeah. up to. Sure. So you know, kind of back in the in the mid '90s, you know, doing whatever. I was a, a fleet mechanic, and I was kind of getting tired of that. And I I saw the ad in the paper, and I started as an apprentice in '95 for HDAC. Um, you know, paid attention, worked, worked hard. You know, learned, did everything like that. Had my own crew on the inside of a year was running a crew i did installations for five years i believe it was and then ever since then i did uh service work up until um 2015 and then that's when i found the job where i'm at now which is instrumentation laboratory and they're a manufacturer of um medical devices or um blood gas testing machines and we make the reagents for them that's where the freeze drying comes in and stuff like that mm-hmm. not not a remarkable career you know just usual you know just the uh, residential, um, like commercial, you know, stuff like that. We never really got heavily involved with, um, you know, in- industrial or anything like what I'm doing now. Cool. So, um, so how, how old were you back then when you first moved? When you said fleet, uh, when you said fleet, are you talking about like vehicles, uh, like vehicle yeah, mechanics? Yeah. Tru- tru- trucks, buses, stuff like that. Okay, cool. So how old were you when you made the switch over? Uh, give me a minute. Yeah, I'm turning fifty <laughs> this year, so um, let's see, ninety-five. So what was I? Twenty-five. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a yeah yeah. I was about twenty twenty-four, twenty-five. Yeah, that's a good that's a good age. And then coming in at that age with um the mechanical background that you had must yeah. have made it must have made it the 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 switch kind of yeah, like I mean, easier for you, right? Yeah, it was, it was easy to pick up on. You know what I mean? And then you know, it, it was the company I was at at the time. Uh, you know, they, they we had you know classes and stuff like that. We would have a class every week. You know, stuff like that. So the the boss was good like that as far as training and you know, excuse me, learning stuff and you know all that all that good stuff. Cool. So so now fast forward into kind of the um, the world you're in now. You, you work in the pharmaceutical world. Um, well, it's not. We're not pharmaceutical. Oh, you're not. Okay. Uh, no, we're, we're medical device manufacturers. Okay. All right. So what we do is um, up in Bedford, Massachusetts, we manufacture blood gas testing machines. Okay. Okay. And then down where I am in um, Orangeburg, New York, where, where my plant is, this is where we manufacture the, um, the reagents that would go into there to do the testing and stuff like that. Gotcha. So, you know what I mean? So they make the machines, you know what I mean? And we make the, the product or the reagents that actually go in there. Awesome. Okay. So... So that product has to get freeze dried, right? Right. The reason why we have to um, freeze dry uh, stuff like that is because it's biological. So what it does is, is when you freeze dry something, it actually makes it stable and it increases its shelf life. That's that's the whole point of freeze drying. Because like I said, some of the stuff that we make, you know, it's kind of volatile you know, while it's in a liquid form. And we don't want it to be used until they um, actually uh, 
reactivate it. You know what I mean? When it's time to do the test, so it, it, it stays much fresher. I guess if you want to think of it that way, mm-hmm. it stays more stable. Okay. So, so what is like freeze drying exactly? Like, obviously, the the two terms, freezing and drying, uh-huh. drying. But yep. what 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 is what is more what is so special about freeze drying over rather than just freezing it type thing? You know what I mean? Well, with 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 freeze drying, what we're doing is is that we're we're avoiding the melting point. You know what I mean? We're not we're not allowing it to go back to liquid again. So I'm sure a lot of people know what sublimation is, you know, stuff like that. So with, with um, what we do is we we freeze it, okay, down to usually about minus fifty. Is that is that C? Okay, C. Okay, because <laughs> we're international, <laughs> yep. so we have to use the we're on a cell. Yep. Okay. So so we we usually freeze it down to about. It depends on what product we're actually doing at the time. Some could be minus forty, some could be minus forty five. But anyway, we're we're down there, and then what we'll do is we'll um, we'll apply a vacuum. Okay, to the um, condenser in the chamber, and what we'll do is we'll start to lower the pressure in there, and then we'll actually start to um, the, the moisture will start to or vapor will start to um, sublimate out. So what we're doing is, is we're just taking that vapor off without letting it go back to its liquid state. Ah, okay. Okay, so the you know once it's frozen, and then we just start pulling it out there as we slowly warm it up. Okay, cool. Cool, and that and that it's, it's 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 relatively simple. I mean, you know, it's, it's <laughs> so basically, but that's how it works. That's how you keep it, you know, as it was when it was made new. Okay, so so basically, we're we're freezing something in a chamber yep. while pulling a vacuum on that chamber. Cor- correct. Okay, so when when we're pulling a vacuum, what sort mm-hmm. of um, like are we speaking in in terms of microns? Like pulling a vacuum on a system is it something yes, similar? We, yep. Uh, we we actually go by millitor, which is uh, the same as a micron. I mean, it's, it's off by like a millionth of a point or whatever. You know what I mean? So, um, but we'll. It depends on what the actual product is and what the recipe is for. But you know, we could hover at a hundred microns for two days. You know what I mean? It depends on what what we're actually you know doing. But that it, it goes by micron or millitor, which is basically the same same exact thing. That's how we actually watch it, and that's what are we do in our records. Cool. So, so everybody's all in the, um, I got to ask you some questions about this vacuum setup because everybody online, they love their vacuum setups. It's like, Oh no, 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 uh-huh. don't, don't pull through gauges. Don't pull through quarter inch hoses. And so what, what type uh, of vacuum setup do you have on the system? Like how big are the vacuum pumps? Um, are you pulling through like stainless steel pipes and stuff like that? Uh, we we pull on um, the heresite coated pipes on the inside, and they're it depends on which Lyle we're on, but the big boys that we operate, um, I believe that that is an eight inch pipe that goes for that guy, and each pump is we run two pumps at a time. Each pump is one hundred and fifty cfm. Wow, yeah. So so how how those are the big Stokes boys. So like, what is the size of the chamber, and how long does it take to get down to to that hundred microns? The the big guys, um, they are three three hundred and forty eight. Uh, I think it's three hundred and forty eight or three hundred and twenty um, square feet of of shelf space. Okay. Okay. So and then um, we have the chamber. Okay, that's where the product is, and that's where we freeze it and do everything. And then on the back side of that, there's a, there's a tunnel with a big butterfly valve, forty eight inch butterfly valve. And then behind that is the condenser. Okay, the condenser is where we have the um, the cold plates. That's to trap the moisture as we're pulling back to the vacuum pumps. Mm-hmm. And we can usually hit about 100 microns, probably in about three minutes. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we also we also run a mechanical booster on top of that, which is just basically a, boot, a blower for a car. Okay, awesome. And so- we're just ramming the air into the pumps. Nice. So the so the air that that's coming out is that being exhausted somewhere special, or does it matter where that air is going? No, that's... Just, just up up to the roof. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, just up through vent pipes. You know, that's all. There's really nothing you know hazardous going out. It's just moisture. If you know, if it gets if it gets past the condenser plate. All right. You know, for the first couple of minutes, you're going to get a little bit that comes through. There's nothing you can really do about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then as everything settles down and we do start to pull the moisture off of the product, then it all just sticks to the condenser plate. Gotcha. Okay. So on the, on the cooling side of that, um, mm-hmm. so what, what are we using to cool? Like take us through, like, are we, do we have a rack system? Do we have yep. staging? Like yep. how do we do that? 
no, no, we have a, we have a rack system. We run on on those guys. We have three thirty horsepower Carlisle two stages, and then we have a ten horsepower um, uh, discus that does the um, temperature control just for the shelf. So like that guy's kind of independent. He's all by himself. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of monitor. You know what I mean? We we have the controller that controls that for cooling, and then we have um, heaters in there also. You know because we want to maintain. Cause we've got to kind of bounce back and forth. You know what I mean? So as you're either warming up and then holding, you know, and that's where the compressor kicks in, you know, and then we'll warm up again. You know what I mean? It, it, it depends. Some, some, some recipes you have steps, like one of them has like 12 or 15 steps or whatever it is. got to come up, hold an hour. All right, let's raise up it again. You know what I mean? So it kind of goes up as, as like a set of stairs almost. So it looks like on the graph anyway. <laughs> cool. So what, um, getting down to that temp, like what kind of refrigerant we using? We use R507. 507. Okay. That's, that's one that I've, I don't think I've had any experience with. It's a great refrigerant. Great, great refrigerant. So easy to work with. So that, that is just a straight up refrigerant. Is that a mixture of any kind or no? Uh, not to my knowledge. I don't think so. Okay. So it's, it's, um, just like R22, just one straight up component. Yep. Okay, cool. So on a system like that, like, are we, do we have to stage on all compressors to get down to where we need to be or does it depend on what's in there type thing uh no no usually what we do is for freeze down which is freezing of the product you know that's what your initial initial start is um everything will be running uh the um three compressors the shelf compressor but the shelf compressor cuts out at um minus 25c and then the big guys take over and then we'll freeze down to minus 50 and then we'll have to hold that for whatever the, the procedure says. You know, normally it's like three to five hours, sometimes could be 10 around there. Um, and then we switch the three compressors on the rack. They go over to condenser. They run for a little bit just to get the condenser cold. And then we go ahead and start vacuum and then start the, start the cycle. Okay. Um, now in the chamber, is there, is mm-hmm. there moving, is, is are we utilizing, utilizing fans to, to remove the heat? No, or is- we're not. We, it's just surface contact only. Surface and contact. Okay. Yeah. And we and what we're actually doing is we're chilling the silicone fluid that actually flows through. So we, we go through um like tube heat exchangers. Okay. You know what I mean? That's where the refrigerant's going into, and we're cooling down the silicone, and then the silicone pump is, is pumping it through the shelf. That's pretty cool. I've never I've never seen or heard of that before. Yeah. Um. We use silicon oil because that's kind of the least volatile of all the the fluids that are out there, like a couple of guys that I went to class with and stuff like that, they use uh, Lexol, which is jet fuel. Mm-hmm. So that's a little, that's a little crazy. Yeah. That's but sil- <laughs> silicone oil, it's, it's a little flammable, but it's not going to stay on fire. I guess if you want to think of it that way. And you just continue to pump that through. Yep, just circulate through, just circulate through, just con- con- continuous. Okay. So is the pump like that circulates, is that outside the chamber? Or is that in the chamber? Yes, as well? it is. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the only thing that's in the chamber is the the shelves, uh, the rods that hold the shelves, the guides, and the um, stainless steel braided hoses, because the shelves have to move, so we have to have some flexibility there, and it it just flows just flows through, comes off of a manifold. You know what I mean? Like one one um, one braided line to each shelf. Cool. So. Like that, that silicone, do you need to change that every once in a while or is that the, the like silicon oil? Yeah. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. It just nope. stays clean. Nope. Like you don't have to filter stays, it stays or anything. Clean. No, uh, we do have, fil- we do have filters on, uh, the two big guys, but that was all, but all the new stuff, no filters, no nothing. Not really necessary. Most of the piping is copper. So, you know, it's not much to really go wrong. I guess if you want to think of it that way. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Like, I mean, so every product is obviously, like you said, it's, it's going to have, um, a specified time and temperature yep. and, yep. and evacuation level, like a micron level that you need to reach. Correct. Right. So like on, on one of, on our smaller lyos, on one product that they run in there, they'll be running a 375 micron bleed for say 24 hours. We call it a bleed because we bleed nitrogen in to kind of hold the vacuum. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it, like I said, it depends. And then, um, on our one lyo, lyo five. Uh, the one product that we have um, at the very end for like the last, I forget how many hours it is, but we'll just let the pumps run full bore, the, the pumps and the, and the mechanical booster. And we'll have the chamber at probably 12 microns and the condenser will be at around two microns. When you say condenser, what do you mean by that? The condenser will that, be at that, two microns. 
uh, the condenser is where the plates are. That's where the that's where we capture the moisture, so it doesn't get to the vacuum pump. Okay. So we don't contaminate our oil. All right, and gotcha. That's that's a condenser. I know that you're thinking oh, condensers outside. Wait, <laughs> but it, it's just a, it's just another big. Um, they're usually round, and the chambers are square. Mm-hmm. So the the condensers that's where the plates or on this particular lyle it's coiled. So you're just and catching just, water vapor and condensing it exactly into into as, liquid as and then draining it. Yep, and then at the end we let it melt. You know, we, we heat it up with hot water, drain it, and then that's it. That's pretty cool. So what? Yep. How how do we once the the product has been freeze dried through the cycle that it's specified uh-huh. for? Like, what is yep. the next step? Like, how do we take that product out and then move it to the next sure. place yep. so and, and it stays in its kind of condition that it's in? Yep. We call it, we call them vials. You know, that's usually what we're, we, we fill vials. And then on the top of those vials, when they come off of the uh, production machine there, they have a, um, uh, a, a like a sloped uh, uh, plug put into them, but the plug has um, flutes in it. Okay. So then that just sits in there. And then we go through our process, do everything that we got to do. And then at the very end, like I was saying about the, the shelves, when, when the um, process is complete, um, those shelves come down and compress and then seal each, all the vials. Nice. You know what I mean? So then yeah. that's how we seal it. Mm-hmm. So then once it's sealed, that's it. Yeah, and then we're done. In, in, interesting. So did you have to go through training from the manufacturer on these? Or just kinda... Yeah, I, I, yeah we, we actually did. Um, uh, they sent us the, the offer to the class theory you know everything like that and it's like an intermediate and then the final is the um the diagnostic so that was through a uh, whole corporation they're in uh, pennsylvania but um a really good class really really good stuff yeah and now i mean you, you probably know it like the back of your hand because you've been well, working you on know what? The, the the trainer that's there um his name is dave and he was last time i was there was in 2017 i believe and he was 86 at the time wow he's been with <laughs> yeah he's He's been with them since 1969. So this, this is the knowledge in this man is just, it, it's crazy. You know what I mean? He goes, don't even consider yourself an expert until you've done this for at least 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, because there's all different kinds of things that are popping up. Oh, yeah. the, the industry changes, change here, yeah. you know. changes so much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just talking about, you know, problems in general. Like, oh, geez, I mean, wow, look what happened here, you know? <laughs> Now I, you you kept saying Lyo, um, and I think that there's oh, that, that, no that's that's okay that's okay that's that's why I'm here to that, to make sure the audience understands like there but that's right. just a short form for uh, another word lyophilizer yeah lyophilizer lyophilizer fancy word for freeze dryer that's right so there's <laughs> there's a there's a couple of freeze dryers uh, at a building that I work at um, uh-huh. and they always go the Lyo the Lyo and the lyophilizer and I'm like every time I I hear them talk about this. For some reason, the <laughs> the Sesame Street character Snuffleupagus comes into my head. I don't know why. <laughs> the, the word, the two words, just they sound similar to me. But yeah, the, yeah, kind of. The, the plant, the plant where I'm at, we don't touch them because there's no refrigeration. Right. It's all done with liquid nitrogen. Do, have you? Yeah, ever, they're LN2. Yep. Have you ever worked on any of those? No, I have not. We don't have that. That's a little bit price. It's a little bit more expensive to run, just for the fact of the LN2. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I've I've, I've kind of tried to put it in their head but you know it's it's you know um there's a couple of guys that i went to the class with that had those but um hull didn't really kind of touch on those you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. but I'm, i i would really love to see one in operation i still haven't had the opportunity yeah I, I don't know what they're using them for and there's a lot of stuff i don't even ask questions about i just do what i do there and <laughs> and uh you know what i mean because there's so much going yep. on there's clean rooms and scientists and oh yeah guys and guys in white suits walking everywhere and yep. um but, but but it's it's a cool environment it's a stressful environment just because of all like i don't know because you said it's not pharmaceutical do you have like a mountain of paperwork that goes along with your oh your work? absolutely you know we, we still are fda regulated so, okay you, know, you gotta gotta stay up you know in your good manufacturing practices blah 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 all that stuff like that you know um for for me it's it's not really so much of a problem it's it's you know, I'm on the other side of the wall. I'm on the back side, on the mechanical side. We just have to document what what we've done, or you know, if there happens to be a problem during a cycle, just what happened. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, the the, the paperwork thing for me is is crazy. Like, it, one of the buildings I have, that the, their paperwork system, that the way it works uh-huh. is that for every piece of equipment you work on, there's a two um, two sheets of paper stapled together, and you have to fill it out. Um, 
and you have to complete all the tasks that that are on the the paper and then you can't leave anything blank right even if you even if it's you didn't do anything you have to na it and initial it so yep. it's like 60 that, that's all part that, that's yeah all part of the good manufacturing practice thing. yeah g g gmp for short everybody that's good, in yep good good manufacturing practice yeah <laughs> any, anybody that's in a pharmaceutical building and hears them talking about gmp that's what it stands for and yep. um it, it takes it takes me like 12 hours after uh let's say i look at i don't know 40 40 to 50 pieces of equipment like we're just talking like rooftops and uh exhaust fans for example because that's that's just one maintenance that's outside of the uh like the the freezers and all that kind of stuff uh-huh. and the chillers and all that so that that's like 12 hours of paperwork and <laughs> yeah some, some places can be crazy yeah and and my wrist like i'm telling you man like I, i'll do like five quick <laughs> i'll do five quick and i'll have to put the pen down because my hand yeah, is yeah. just killing me yeah, I got, we have paperwork, but not that crazy. Because, like I said, we're we're medical device, so it's it's not as like as stringent as pharmaceutical, if you want to think of it that way. Yeah. But I, I know it. I feel your pain. <laughs> so the other thing that I did want to talk to you about, as we kind of brought up in the beginning there, uh, as you brought up by accident, kind of, and and I'm glad you did, is the um, is like the small uh, cascade freezers, like the reach-ins. So you do you work on those quite a bit? Uh, not so, um, not a lot. I mean, actually, to be honest with you, our stuff's kind of reliable. We don't have really too many crazy problems with them. Uh, but you know, if, if electrical problems, stuff like that. You know, of course, we, you know, we'll, we'll go check it out, take a look at it. You know, stuff like that. Um, but as far as uh, uh, servicing with refrigerant and stuff like that, we really never had to. You know, to be honest with you. Um, and then the only other thing is we have the minus one fifties. Those are those are super cold. Um, but if something happens to those, we kind of ship them out. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I said, it, it's all right there on on the on the rating plate and everything like that. How to do it? You know, it's you know, if you if you read some of them, it'll tell you. Okay, you got to charge up a thirty inch in the vacuum because this pressure. You know, and then the next refrigerant. So it's it's not too too crazy. You know, so, to actually service them. So like I have a whack of them and, and they're, they're self-contained. You can't, yep. you can't put gauges on them. And, um, right. and, and e- even if you could, I wouldn't just because th- there's, <laughs> there's, there's barely anything in there. And there's such like of this, there, there's this like, um, uh, this mixture of gases, right? Mm-hmm. So, so here, here's a story. There was an older, older unit. I think it was a minus 80 reach in the, the thing was, was, was ancient. Um, and, and I called up the, uh, the manufacturer. I, th- I think that one of the stages was out of gas. Like we came to the conclusion that it must be out of gas. Cause there was no, there was no ports on it to check pressures or anything. So I called tech mm-hmm. support and he had me check a couple temps and all that. And he's like, yeah, it sounds like you're running low on gas on one of the stages. And I'm like, cool. So what kind of gas does it take? And he's like, well, it takes a uh, mixture. Right. And, um, he's like. He's like the, the, the mixture is, and, and our guys are trained on how to charge it and stuff like that. So they ended up throwing the, the, the freezer out cause it was old. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, cause, it, but there, there was a new, there was a newer one that came up. All right. And this, this one threw me for a loop. So I'll tell the story. So it had one dead compressor. Okay. And on the compressor, it was, uh, it was labeled 404 a, right. Mm-hmm. So. I, uh, I order the new compressor. I remove the old one. I put the new one in and, uh, I'm like, okay, 404A, but it's not labeled on, on how much to put in here. So I, I called them, called the manufacturer and I'm like, listen, um, and, and it was a Z-Sci or something. I think it was called a Z-Sci. Pretty, pretty, pretty like well-built freezer, like big, huge, bulky, like reach in. Right. Right, right. And and the guy answers the phone. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for, um, the, the, the weight in charge for, for this circuit. And he's like, are you a, a contractor? I said, yes. He's like, well, I can't give you that information over the phone. Uh, and I'm like, what? <laughs> he's, he's like, he says, we have a proprietary blend that goes uh-huh. in, oh, goes in the system. And, and finally I'm like, like, how am I supposed to fix it if you don't tell me? So finally he emailed me the, um, the blend. 
uh, of refrigerants okay. and the amounts. Okay. There was three different kinds and I don't remember what they were and I'd never heard of them before. Huh. So I called three different suppliers, HVAC suppliers in the area. And, uh, I think probably like what? Yeah. They're like, what? So they, they researched, they called me back. They found one of them. Okay. But they could only get a 10 pound jug and that 10 pound jug was $2,000. Yeah. It's crazy. And I'm like, what? 2000 bucks. So I called a couple like places that just deal with gases. Right. That's all they do with like liquid nitrogen and whatever, like CO2. And so, so even they were like perplexed, like, I don't know, I've never heard of that stuff before. So, and I'm like, okay, like, what am I supposed to do here? So we went back to the, I went back to the customer and I'm like, listen, I said, you might as well buy a new freezer because by the time we get the gases, we could be spending, I don't know, with taxes in and all that, you could be spending 10 grand on, on gases and each, (laughs) from each bottle, you need basically a fart of gas, like a a few grams, right? It really is. It's like 11 ounces of this. Um, and then I like the one I was looking at today, it was, uh, said, uh, okay, uh, 0.4 ounces of that, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's so little. It's nuts. And there's, there's a specific way to do it. You can't just, it has to be one refrigerant, then the next, and then the next, you you can't put them in however you want. Um, so they decided that, that they weren't going to fix it. Um, because, it had yeah, two compressors. It just being better to get a new one. And then you have a brand new unit, you know? But they didn't even get a new one because it had two compressors and actually it only needs one compressor to hold the chamber. The other one was a backup kind of. Ah, okay. Right? So okay. that that's that's what they decided to do. And okay. I mean. <laughs> what do you do? I mean, it, it's not. Yeah. Now now when these come up, we, we they, they, they found a company that specializes in this. And if everyone's short on gas, has a bad compressor, or whatever, they send it to them because they've all they've already got the yeah. gases in stock and purchased. So they're only charging right. them for the eleven grams or two ounces or whatever for of gas. They're not buying all the bottles. You know what I mean? Right. They have it sitting there already. Yeah. It it didn't make yeah. any sense for us to, to it, go it through this. You know, better to send it send it out, have it repaired. You know what I mean? So you know, like I said, we'll we'll do you know minor stuff with them but other other than that you know as long as you know what to look for you know just try to figure it out at least you can at least diagnose it yeah yeah that, that's that's what we do we, we go and we'll, we'll do the pms on them we'll check amp draws yep. and we'll, we'll we'll make sure that the ice buildup is not too much and um clean the condensers yeah, and battle. yeah we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do we'll do all that stuff and the, the ice too the ice is a a major thing that i've warned uh customers listen you need to sure. take these things out of commission at least once or twice a year and yep. just defrost them. Just let all the ice melt because, it, you, you know, you've seen inside of these, the ice just no. accumulates and builds and builds oh, and builds and, and it all, can't cool properly. It's all, of, all over our thermocouples, you're getting full treatments. It's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. It can be crazy sometimes. And yeah. a lot of times, you don't have them in there to write, they'll smash them and it's so cold that the, the wire is so brittle, you'll snap the thermocouple. You know, it's, with yeah. all the ice, because you just keep jamming their stuff in there. It's like, oh, anytime you're ready to stop, <laughs> you fall. Yeah, so it's good good times. Yeah, <laughs> you're not kidding, but we try to defrost them at least once a year. So yeah, well, what once a year at at minimum is at, is, at is minimum, what I tell right. is is what I tell um is what I tell people. And and I worked on I'll tell you another story. I worked on a um a minus. This is Celsius as well. Minus they were trying to hold at minus twenty three, and um. It was new and about a month in the, uh, and I think I might've told the story on a podcast at one point, but a month in what would happen is the, uh, the drain would, the the drain would, would clog up with ice. Right. And there's a drain heater that's, that's down inside of the the drain. Right. It's just like a wire. It's just like a resistive wire or whatever. Right. Um, and I found it, it wasn't working or something. It was pinched and I changed it. And then it happened again with the brand new wire. And, uh, I'm like, and, and it only powered up during defrost, but I wanted to power it up all the time. Right. And just have mm-hmm. it constantly powered. Yeah. And they're like, Oh no, that's not the way our freezers work. And, and, uh, it should work with that, uh, wire and blah, 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 blah. That was what tech support was saying. Right. They weren't giving me much information. They weren't letting me okay. go into the, the controller to change, uh, the defrost parameters. Cause I wanted to try different times and, 
and and uh, set points and all that. Right. So they eventually sent a guy in. He looked at it. He changed the wire again, the same one, and it happened again. And I'm like, nice. Now the ma- manufacturer came in and it happened again. So now <laughs> I don't look so bad, right? That's right. And then again, they came in. And this time I go back and look at what they did. They they took a beefier, this big beefier wire, and they, they ran it down and then they doubled it back up. So obviously it was a problem with, yeah, with the, the size of the, the wire they were using, right? And the problem went away. No, there you go. That never so, came so back. won't admit defeat. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's tough getting information nowadays from from a lot of manufacturers. It really is. It, it, it can be. It really, really can be. So, um, what uh, like besides the the LIO and the, and the uh-huh. um, the Cascade systems and that? Is there anything anything else you work on that's that's pretty cool? And um, the only the other things that we have there that that are, we have refrigerated air dryers for our main uh, air compressors. Um, once again, those are pretty reliable. Just, you know, check them, you know, every couple of months, you know, just make sure everything's cool. Uh, we have also have uh, refrigerated um, uh, centrifuges. Those, those are pretty wild. Oh, those are cool too. Yep. Yeah. Th- those, those are, um, these are old guys and they still have all their, they're all R502 units. They still have all their gas in them. So it's, they were built. Let me tell you, they're Becker, uh, what are they, Becker Coltman? Yep. You know Becker what? Col- Coulter. I, I have a few of those. So, Go, yeah, I'll tell you a story about those too. <laughs> <laughs> so they work pretty good for you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I've been there since 2015. I have the only thing that we've done is we just changed one the other day, and that was just for the fact of age. That was it. Yeah. And, and for those of you guys that don't know what a centrifuge is, is basically they put um, product in it and it spins uh, yep. pretty fast, depending. The RPM is dependent on, I guess, what's in there. And then there's a, a cooling system that that cools the uh, the product while it spins. So exactly the the first time I ever worked on on one, and that that was a Beckman Coulter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I had to do was check the uh, so that there's a set point for the cooling. So I had to yep. I had to check to see if that set point that was that was getting met on the, uh, the control board, if it was actually that temperature inside. Right. Right. right? right. And I'm like, well, how am I going to do this? Cause this thing's spinning. It's got a lid and right. So stupid me, I stuck my K type thermocouple in there and it, <laughs> it just, it caught on the centrifuge and just destroyed, right. destroyed it. Right. Yep. So I'm like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to do this. So there's just, if anybody ever works on one of these, uh, going forward, this I called them. And this is what they told me to do. They said, get a test sample, um, right? Put it in there, get it down to set point, keep it at set point for like 10 minutes, and then open it up, take that sample, and then stick your probe in the sample. There you go. And then, then check to make sure that it got down to what it said it got down to, and that's how you verify it. I'm like, that is a that is an awesome idea. Oh, okay. Because uh, yeah. I, I didn't know how else <laughs> I'm supposed to do that. Yeah, I, I won't destroy <laughs> any more tools or get any um, thermocouples caught in some expensive bearings in the, inside that centrifuge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's, 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 I don't know. It, it, it's fun working in, in these places, but it's, it, it can yeah, be a complete pain in the butt. You know, then we have we have portable chillers, we have portable heaters, you know, process heaters, stuff like that. You know, use electric elements. Um, not, nothing really super duper, you know, crazy or exciting. <laughs> Do you have um, the portable chillers? Are they Mocons by any chance? Uh, we we. Oop, I don't know what that noise was. Oh, that was my that was an email coming in on my other phone there. Uh, okay. Um. Uh, we do have uh, two Mocon um, chillers. They're 5,500 BTUs each. That's just for um, while they're doing one particular process. They have to keep it at a certain, at like two degrees C for 24 hours or something like that. And then we do use. Um, we have a bunch. Of, what do we have? One, two. I think we have three Mocon heaters. And those, those are like 160,000 BTUs. Yeah, those are pretty neat that, machines. That, yeah, th- those are pretty good. Once again, you know, pretty reliable. Not much of an issue. But um, they're 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 pretty cool. Yeah, we relatively have, simple. <clears throat> we have some heater chillers. They call them basically they they heat or cool, 
depending right. on depending on what you want them to do. And uh, we actually became kind of a a quasi rep up here in Toronto for them. Any mm-hmm. anytime there was somebody called down because they're in Buffalo, New York. Actually, that's where they're out. Right. And anytime someone would call from Toronto to for a Mocon issue, they would they would um, they would kind of usher them off to our company and then we'd go look there at it. Go. So we, we've, we've looked at a bunch of them around the city and they, they are pretty cool machines. I, I enjoy working on them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mind it at all. Like I said, it's, it's, you know, easy to get to everything. You know, they're, they're set up pretty well. So, you know, it's good stuff. Yeah. They're, they're well built. Cool, man. So I think, I think I extracted what I wanted to get out of you. <laughs> okay. as far as the, the Lyos and then, uh, uh, we had the bonus talk of the uh, the Cascade stuff, so that that was cool. Um, yeah, but yeah, but I appreciate you getting on the podcast, man. And um, it, it was it was cool oh, talking to you. To be here. <clears throat> we we've been talking online for for a couple of years now. Actually, I think I think you're you're one of the um, when I first started up like HVAC Know It All on Facebook, you were one of the like original guys that started following and making comments yeah, and stuff. Rick, Rick recommended Rick uh, had invited me in. So, Oh, that, did he? That's how I got, yeah, yeah. That's how I got hooked up with that. Ah, okay. Good, good old Rick. So yeah. <laughs> thank thank you, Mr. Resigno. That's it. Ho- hopefully he's good listening. Guy. Hopefully you'll listen to this podcast. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, we'll keep up the good work with, um, donating the, uh, the equipment to the schools and that, We're man, trying. that's, that, that's, that's really cool of you guys to do that. Yeah, yeah, but you know, like I said, I don't want to see it go to waste. What are you gonna do? Scrap it when you know, especially on a functional unit. Come on, let's let these guys go play with it. You know, exactly, exactly. Cool. All right, Rob. Um, you have yourself a good night, and I, I really appreciate your your time. So I love talking to people with different accents than me. I don't know. It's 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 very cool. So talk to Rob. Talk to um, Bam Bam, Ben Thompson with the Scottish accent. We've talked to Rocky with the down south accent. We've talked to the boys at Air Movement, right, with the New Joys accent. So I, I don't know. I'm very worldly that way. I, I love the, the cultures and the different um, differences between people in different parts of countries and different parts of the world. Anyway, freeze dryers. We learned quite a bit about freeze dryers, how they work, why we freeze dry, right? Because certain products need it to maintain shelf life. Um, How we do it, we freeze it and we dry it by pulling a vacuum in the chamber. Now those, that vacuum setup, I told you, you guys would probably be jealous, 150 CFM vacuum pumps. I mean, that's, that's some big time, right? But I guess you need it in that application, especially if you have such a large space to evacuate but i got to thank rob for the conversation i learned a lot and i'm sure you guys did and freeze drying is not something you guys probably get into a lot or even at all but it's cool to learn it's cool to learn new stuff and that's what the hvac know-it-all podcast is about it's to keep us fresh up to date and it's to keep our minds moving right Anyway, guys, enjoy, stay safe, happy HVACing.